0: to welcome you all to church this morning. Please stand and join us as we begin by singing our praises to God together.
1: the Holy, with Holy Order, who makes the orphan, a son and daughter, the king of glory, the king above all kings, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance, the king of glory, the king above. King who conquers the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered.
2: Please be seated. From time to time, we get the uh, the privilege of uh, having a moment to uh, to share from our uh, people who are missionaries, who are serving overseas that we support and are connected to. And this morning, Chris and Melissa George are here. They are uh, from the area, grew up in the area, and uh, are working in Australia. And Chris is going to share a few moments about uh, their work with Global Partners.
3: Good morning, it is great to be with you uh, this morning. Be able to share with you a little bit of what God is doing in another part of the world. Uh, we've served in Western Australia, in the city of Perth, for 10 years now. I never dreamed that I would get to a point in my life where I could actually say that, that I've been a missionary for 10 years, but here I am. Uh, we've, uh, we've served there in Perth. Perth is a city of 2 million people. And we serve in a suburb of about 12,000 people. Uh, our suburb, uh, I want to draw you a picture between my suburb and the town that I grew up in. I grew up in Wellsville just down the street. Many of you know. That's the closest Kmart to here, if you don't know. Uh, but uh, I grew up in Wellsville. We have 7,000 people in Wellsville, roughly. And for those 7,000 people, we have 30 churches on our ministerial. That's on the high end, but that's not unusual for a town in America to have that many churches. Our suburb in in. Lansdale in the northern parts of Perth in Western Australia we have 12,000 people we've been there for 10 years and to this day we continue to be the only church within the entire community. Uh, Perth is an entirely uh, dry spiritual land if you can imagine there's there's an entire culture of people that we're running into day after day after day that have just never turned on a spiritual switch in their lives. They've never thought of spiritual things. And so we're really there to cultivate a spiritual curiosity in people. If you can boil everything that we do down into one sentence, it's this. We connect with people so that at some point in our lives we have an opportunity to connect those people with God. That's really what we do if you boil it all down on a day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. We continually, purposefully make connections so that we can connect people with Him. And uh, God has, has blessed us, blessed our ministry time there. Uh, I can't share with you a lot of stories right now, but I am going to be sharing in the kaleidoscope class. So I'm going to be leaving as soon as I'm done. So if you want to go hear more stories, sorry, West, but uh, you know you can you can follow me out. You can always you can always come to third service, right? Yeah, third. but. Uh, <laughs> God, God is continually blessing us in ways, giving us opportunities to connect with people and connect people with him. We, there's two guys in particular that came to the Lord last Easter. And I have never seen in my entire life someone that is so hungry for righteousness. It, it's unbelievable to me. I, when, you, when you find people that have never turned a spiritual switch in their life on and they finally turn it on, I mean, Shane will call me at, at 9.30 at night. He's a truck driver, so he gets, gets home pretty late. And he'll call me and he'll say, Chris, you've got to come over. I've got questions. I've been reading my Bible. And I know that I need at least three or four hours and probably three cups of coffee to make it through the, the time because he's just so hungry For righteousness. And it's an amazing sort of thing to see. And I don't know why God continues to use a kid from Wellsville to connect with people and to connect those people with him, but he does. And he's called us to go back at least for another term, uh, for another five years. And so we are here. One of the things we get to travel around, we get to ask you very diligently, would you consider praying for us? Uh, your church is is very generous and that they're picking us up financially uh, and so we thank you for that the other reason we're here is just to say thank you uh, for the ways that you've supported us in the past as well we have some prayer cards on our table we have a table out in the foyer of the community rooms please pick one of those up stick the prayer card wherever you want wherever you'll see it just as long as when you do see it uh, you remember to pray for us and pray for the ministry there in australia and what god is doing in connecting people with him uh, there we also have some some white cards on our table fill out one of those if you'd like to receive our email newsletters. Even if you're receiving it now, we're actually changing the way that we're sending those. So please fill out a new card and put that in the box on the table so that you can uh, continue to receive those updates and what God is doing. Uh, I'm going to go tell some more stories. Wes won't look to see who goes with me. But uh, thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given me to just share a little bit. God is at work on the other side of the world. And your prayers make a difference as to what he's doing there. And so thank you for your prayers and your commitment, your partnership with us as we serve there.
0: Thank you. Let's stand as we continue to worship our God who is at work everywhere in the world. All creatures of
1: our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. body on the cross, his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse
3: upon us.
0: to invite the ushers forward to assist us as we give back to the Lord.
1: to your heart.
0: Father, we pray that you would lead us to your cross, that you would speak into each of our hearts today, and that you would change us. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. The scripture reading this morning is Mark chapter 14 verses 32 through 42 and I know you just sat down but if you could please stand for the reading of the gospel. (laughs) Hear the word of the Lord. They went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples sit here while I pray. He took Peter James and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he cried, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping. Because their eyes were heavy, they did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. This is the word of the Lord.
2: Before you're seated, share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. most intriguing things about this story that we've just read from Mark's gospel is the brutal honesty that we see in Jesus. He's not trying to hide the fact that he's struggling. He's not trying to um, put on a, a good face. He's clearly Telling his disciples, This is a battle. I'm struggling, I'm wrestling. And I want you, he says to them, to be a part of this. I want you to be a part of this struggle with me. And he doesn't mean by that, he says, watch and pray. And he doesn't mean by that that I want you to stand guard, he doesn't mean that I want you to change the circumstances. He doesn't mean I want you guys to take up your swords and fight for me. What he means is, I want you guys to pray for me. It is an astounding thing for me when I stop and think about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, saying to his disciples, pray for me. In the middle of this battle, in the middle of this struggle about the redemption of the world and his obedience to the Father, Jesus says to his disciples, pray for me. As I've been pondering that, the question that comes to my mind is, why are we so hesitant to ask other people to pray for us? Because I suspect we are. I wonder if one of the reasons we struggle with that is because we have built into our Western, particularly American mindset, this idea of independence. That we can handle it. And in fact, we sort of have this mindset that's, that says that we, message we give to our, send to ourselves, if I'm really spiritual then I handle it on my own. If I'm really a spiritual person, then asking other people for help is a sign that I'm not as spiritual as I thought I was. And not as spiritual as people, as I want people to think I am. And yet here is Jesus Nobody would argue. Is anybody more spiritual than Jesus? More spiritually mature than Jesus? And yet, in his moment of struggle, what does Jesus do? He say, he doesn't say, "Hey, I can handle it." He says, "Guys, pray for me. Pray with me." Maybe it's sometimes I wonder if our hesitancy to ask people to pray for us is because we think our problems aren't that big compared to the other problems people have. And in the way we, we analyze things in, our, in the world, that's probably true sometimes. People go through some big stuff. But that doesn't diminish the importance of us praying for each other and asking people to pray for us. Because if it's a burden for us, Scripture tells us, it's a, then God cares about it and we care about it. It doesn't matter how we judge it, how big it is or how small it is. If we are burdened by it, we ought to talk to each other about praying about it. Maybe maybe it has to do with with wanting other people to be mind readers. You know, we do this in relationships, right? Where we, we want people to know what we want... But we think it's far more loving and, and far, it's a far better thing for them to be able to guess what it is we want as opposed to us telling them. And so we play games and we drop hints and then they don't get it and we get angry about it. You know, we, we, we do that, right? And I think we sometimes do that in praying. We think if people, were really, if people really cared about us, they would be able to perceive what our needs are even if those needs are pretty hidden. They ought to have enough spiritual sensitivity to ask us, to to inquire of us, and and to, to know what it is we're wrestling with, and to know the depths of the pain that we're feeling, even though we aren't telling anybody about it. And yet here is Jesus, agonizing, and he isn't afraid to say to the disciples, who they probably ought to get it, But he says to them, guys, I'm struggling here. Pray for me. I suspect somewhere in our hesitancy is just pride. Right? I mean, we we want to believe we can deal with it. And not not pride, not like independence, where you know we we feel like we shouldn't ask for help, but pride that says, I don't need to ask for help. I'm good. I'm strong. I'm spiritually mature. I I've, I've got this figured out. I don't need I don't need you to help me. I'm okay. And all that does is reveal how much we underestimate our neediness. I think so. I think you know we hesitate to ask for help, because that pride in us that wants to believe we're spiritually strong enough to handle it ignores how weak we really are. But we don't want people to know that. There is, this, there is a hiddenness to our unwillingness to ask for help because it doesn't feel very spiritual to be wrestling with some of the stuff we're wrestling with or to allow some of the things that come to us in life to bother us so deeply. We feel like if we were really spiritual, we just have faith and it would, wouldn't faze us a bit. If we're spiritually strong enough, we don't need to ask people to pray for us. I mean, that's weakness and we're strong. We want people to see how strong we are. And yet, here is Jesus. No one's more spiritually strong than Jesus is. He's not afraid to ask for help. And if Jesus isn't afraid to ask for his disciples to pray with him and to pray for him, why would we be? He's not afraid to admit, this is a battle, this is a struggle. He is really, genuinely wrestling to do what the Father wants him to do. When Jesus says the, flesh, the Spirit's willing and the flesh is weak, most of the time, or probably all the time, we've interpreted that, I always have, as talking about the disciples. And maybe he is, but someone was saying to me last week that they've read that hundreds of times and all of a sudden for the first time it, it, they wondered, maybe Jesus is talking about himself. Because the point of this whole prayer time is not for the disciples to have strength. It's for Jesus to have strength. And maybe Jesus is saying, my spirit, in my spirit, I'm going to do the right thing. But as a human being, I'm wrestling. I'm struggling to do what I know the Father wants me to do. There is that brutal honesty in Jesus. It's a real, genuine need, and he's not afraid to admit it. It's not, it's not a sign of spiritual weakness to ask people to pray for us. I'm convinced it's one of the signs of being spiritually strong. Because we recognize how needy we are, how weak we are without Christ. And we recognize the power of the church And one of the whole reasons for the church is that we connect with one another and we pray for one another and we support and help each other. We all know there is this amazing capacity that we have as human beings to harm each other to the depths of our beings and to encourage each other in ways that we couldn't have dreamed possible. We're all walking witnesses of how much people can hurt us. We all have stories, I'm sure, of people who make claims to follow Christ that have said things, done things, that have cut deeply into our spirits. We all know that. What we sometimes miss as the church is our calling to encourage each other and to love each other and to help each other It's one of the reasons that God created and established the church so that we would be this community of folks who in our pain and our struggles and our burdens were there for each other. We love each other. We support each other. And one of the most profound ways we do that is to pray for each other. And so to ask for someone, to say to say to someone, would you pray for me is simply being the church. I do wonder if underlying all of these other reasons why we might be hesitant to ask for people to pray for us is just the basic idea that we're not really sure it's going to make any difference. When you have something that you're wrestling with, you know, Something in a class that you can't quite figure out. Problem at home that you can't quite know, you don't know quite what to do. You come up against a situation where you're, you're sort of, you're stymied, you're stuck. You go to ask people who you believe can help you. If you're stuck about something in class, you go to the person in class who you think has got it figured out. If you're stuck with a problem at home, you go to somebody who has some expertise in figuring out those things in the home. That's what we do. We don't ask people who can't do anything. That's why, when there are, that's why I have very few people who call me and say, hey, I got a problem in my house. Can you come help me? You know, we're doing the remodeling over in the office space. Not once, and it's been three weeks, not once has anybody come over to me and said, you know what, we're having some trouble figuring out how to wire this thing. Would you come help us? Nobody has asked me, and I'm a little offended by that, to be honest with you. They're smart. They get it. They know. I wouldn't have a clue. I wouldn't want to to work in an office that I wired. If I did, nothing would be plugged in, I can tell you that. It's not my thing, but, but it is, but other people know what to do, and we go to them and we ask them, and I do it all the time, because this, this stuff isn't my thing. And I want to go to people who have expertise in these areas and who can make a difference. I wonder if one of the reasons we struggle about asking each other to pray for us is because down deep in the recesses of our minds, we're not really sure it makes any difference. And yet scripture tells us that it does make a difference. I went through a period of time where, I, where I, I, I I, kind of had this mindset that the primary reason we pray is for what God wants to do in us as we pray. And, and there is something to that. And we're going to talk about that more in a couple of weeks. There, there is definitely truth in the fact that when we pray, God works in us as we pray. But not too long ago, I began to realize more and more, it's not just that. The truth of the matter is, when we pray, and I don't really understand this, but this is what Scripture tells us, when we pray, things change. Somehow in God's Incomparable plan when we pray, it changes stuff. I don't quite understand it, I can't give you a full explanation of it, but we see it in the scriptures and we hear it from from God over and over again to his people. We've seen it through the centuries. When God's people pray, things change. We pray for each other because we believe that's true. We wrestle with the tension of, of praying with boldness and courage about the stuff that we're wrestling with at the while at the same time in the tension. We also pray in a spirit of surrender and submission to what God believes is best. And we we have to live in the tension of those truths. But we do live in the tension. We don't control what God does. We don't demand God to do things that we want him to do. But he does tell us we ought to pray bold prayers. We ought to pray courageous prayers. Even as we pray in a spirit of trust and humility and surrender that he, the almighty God, our Abba Father, knows what's best and does what is best. And we live in that tension of courageous, bold prayers and surrendered trusting prayers. It fascinates me that Jesus who is the depths of spiritual strength he is spiritual strength embodied in this moment of deepest crisis turns to his disciples. These same guys who are going to run from him in less than an hour who haven't got a clue about the kingdom and what he's doing who only a day or so before are arguing about who's the most important in the group. They are the epitome of spiritual weakness. And he turns to them and says guys pray for Because that's what the church does. And Paul, writing to the churches, says over and over again. To the Romans, he says, pray for me. To the Ephesians, he says, pray for me. To the Philippians, he says, pray for me. To the Colossae church, he says, pray for me. To the church in Thessalonica, he says, pray for me. The spiritual giant is not afraid to turn to these churches that he started, that he's nurtured, say pray for me and so should we the more I thought about this passage and this idea the more I realized that you can't just talk about this you gotta do it and as a church we need to provide opportunities for us to pray for each other and to pray with each other It's one of the reasons why the Thursday, we've set aside Thursdays in Lent to pray for each other and to pray with each other. And the prayer room's open on those days, but also at noon and at 6 and at 10 p.m., we gather for corporate prayer. We gather on the table and we take communion together and we go into the prayer room and we sit in a circle. There's not a lot of people there, though, you know, the more is better, but... We sit around in a circle, we pray, and we pray for each other, and we pray with each other. And while it is awesome and necessary to pray by ourselves, and we need to do that, there is something powerful about praying together. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience of someone putting their hand on you and praying for you, but it, it is electric. There's something about hearing someone pray for us that communicates the spirit and the grace of God in our lives. And so this morning, we're going to pray for each other. The elders and the pastors are going to come and stand here in the front. And those of you who would like for us to pray for you, come kneel at the altar rail or sit in one of the chairs here and give us the privilege of praying for you. We have oil and we would be happy to anoint you with oil if you want. And it doesn't matter why you come. Maybe you come for healing. Maybe there's a grief that you're wrestling with and you want to sense God's spirit giving you help and comfort and healing for that. Maybe it's something that's broken, a relationship or something that you need want restored. Maybe it's it's a sin, it's a struggle that you've been wrestling with for a long time and you wanna be released from it. And you don't have to share details. God knows if you wanna share, you can, but you can just simply say, I'm wrestling with something and please pray for me and that's okay. Whatever it may be, whether you think it is monumental or small, we want to pray for you. And we want to pray with you. And so I'm going to ask the elders and the pastors to come join me here in the front. And if you would like for us to pray for you, to pray with you, please come. And we will do just that. Thank you for your miraculous work in each of us. Our desire is to pray with faith and in the midst of that faith to pray in a spirit of surrender and trust. Lord, help us to know that you are at work in our lives shaping us helping us, healing us, restoring us, and all the things related to our world and our lives, we offer to you. And we thank you that you are good. Father, today we pray not only for ourselves, but we pray for this world. Pray for Chris and Melissa and their work in Australia. Continue to encourage them and help them to prepare themselves for returning. And we pray that their ministry in Australia would take wings. And that through your spirit, miraculous things would happen. More and more people would come to you and the church would be established. And and that it would be a beacon of light in their community that desperately needs you. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters around the world who are wrestling with opposition, persecution. We think especially of the Christians in Egypt. Our hearts are grieved to think about our brothers and sisters murdered for their faith. We pray for their families and the churches, for the fear that the evil one wants to drive into them. And we pray that you will give courage and strength. Lord, we pray for your protection over the church there in Egypt. We thank you for the witness, even of these who've been martyred their love and compassion even as they prayed for those who were taking their lives and we pray for the church there in Egypt that it will be a place of forgiveness and love in spite of how they're being treated Lord through their witness through your Holy Spirit in them that even those who are persecuting them and oppressing them and opposing them that something about their witness would cause them to see you in a different light and open their hearts to you. Lord, it seems impossible, but you are the one who can do the impossible. Father, we thank you for your mercy upon us. We pray that you will continue to help us to move from living self-centered lives to living Christ-centered lives. Give us eyes to see you at work in our own hearts and our lives and in this place and around the world. And continue to use us to encourage one another and to love each other and to be the church as you've called us to be. We ask all of this through the grace and mercy of of Christ. Amen.
0: Please stand and join us as we sing.
2: Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.